You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It is our Monday breakdown every single game Sunday preview a little Monday Night Football, which is a fantastic early season contest between the two best teams in the NFL. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because... Where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Another wild weekend. It was a fun one Sunday. We're starting to see some trends and starting to see some teams and some players to believe in, Matt. Uh, checking in with our picks. We did okay. We were three of six this week. But one of those players and teams to believe in, I think Josh Allen is continuing to prove that he's for real this year, and there might not be the largest regression coming as Buffalo did hold on to beat the Rams 35-32 Sunday. Yeah, I mean, obviously this was their stiffest test yet, and they got the victory. And I know the big play of conversation, the controversy was the pass interference call at the end. And frankly, I think the Rams got kind of screwed on that, just to be frank with you. But the Bills jumped out on them heavy. I mean, this was 21-3 at the half. Allen played great again. Um, he's passing every test for sure. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be a Drew Brees precise, you know, real paint-by-numbers type quarterback. He's a lot more Mahomes than that without quite that accuracy, of course. But he's getting better by the week. I am quickly becoming a believer. And... That was my question about this team. You know, I mean, is a quarterback good enough for the Bills to contend? And I think the answer is strongly yes right now. I think the Rams are really good too, though. I mean, they came back, and this offense is really a good unit. Um, I'm not saying these two are going to meet again, but, I mean, I think that these two are more contenders than I think any of us would have guessed before the season. And actually both quarterbacks, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned Jared Goff because they're – I think both it's a it was sort of a prove it season for both of them. Everyone knew that they're talented and that they're good, but there's they've both had many critics and both putting up 300 plus yards in this game. Both had short rushing rushing touchdowns, two touchdown passes for Goff with the pick, and the four touchdown passes, 311 yards for Josh Allen with the pick. And yeah, putting the ball on the ground um, with the fumble and interceptions. Still with Josh Allen, you know it's a roller coaster ride. This game was crazy because I didn't watch it real time. I was watching the 49ers game. And I thought with all with the way my Twitter timeline looked, it was like Josh Allen is going off and and they're beating them by four (laughs) scores, which at one point they were. And then all of a sudden I see a sports update from Buffalo Rams leading the Buffalo Bills. And I was like, wait, what what the heck happened in this game? So it was the first one I had to had to go back and watch. And wow, what a back and forth game that was. And the Bills, maybe a little help there, but uh, they were able to hold on and win it. So that was that was a fun game. And both these teams are for real. And um, I think they're going to be in it. At the very end, at least, and I think the Buffalo Bills have to at this point be the favorite in the NFC or the AFC East, even if the Patriots are better than a lot of people expected. Totally agree. Totally agree with everything you said. And both these teams are uh, quite good. Quite good. And by the way, 
killed us in our picks by half a point because we had Rams uh, plus two and a half there and it ended up being three points. That half a point is big. We'll talk with Chris <laughs> Raybon about the difference a half a point can make on Thursday. Uh, let's move on to one of the games I picked. We'll stay in the NFC West. The 49ers really just rolled over the Giants with they're missing 10 starters, beat the Giants 36 to 9. I don't know if this is a sign of how good the coaching staff is, the scouting staff, and having depth on that 49ers roster. Nick Mullins mania that I referenced. We were talking about Minshew mania. I was like, you guys wait for Mullins mania coming up this weekend. And this is one that the Action Network had picking the Giants, and I, I just didn't like it. The Giants are not good. So I don't know if it was the 49ers like, look, we have great depth, great coaching, or the Giants are just a really, really bad football team right now. Yeah, and my impression, you know, yours is much closer to this, and I'm sure you watched every snap, is the Niners are getting through a rough patch, beating up on these two awful New York teams and should come out the other side healthier and ready to make a run when it matters most. And I was asked today by a Giants guy, is this more an indictment of the Niners being really good or the Giants being terrible and just lacking talent? And again, I my hunch is it's a combination of both. And, and that also goes for coaching. The 49ers have an opportunity to get right. That's really important for them. But I think the key here is that for those that don't remember what Nick Mullins looked like in 2018 when he played a lot when Garoppolo tore his ACL, he's a competent quarterback. This isn't the the Steelers yeah, going like from him. Ben Roethlisberger to Duck Hodges. So I think that's what really helps the 49ers here. And actually, Mullins had a great line that Jimmy Garoppolo would be super happy with, 343 yards and a touchdown pass. So he's pretty efficient. He's not going to bomb the ball down the field. A lot of similarities, actually, to Jimmy Garoppolo physically. Uh, but he's not afraid to sling it. Ball comes out on time. And uh, Shanahan was really complimentary of Nick Mullins. We'll see if that continues, though, when they play some stiffer competition, if Garoppolo stays out for a little bit. Let's move on to the Bears and... The foul, you know what? I want to oh, continue crazy. with the, yeah, you know what? Let's do Bears and Falcons because uh, I put a poll out there. We'll talk about it stock up, stock down Wednesday a little bit more, my results of this poll. But uh, I asked some fans of teams around the league, like, which head coach are you more disappointed in right now? And Dan Quinn ranks very high on that list. And I said it earlier this year, they're the, the, the best worst team in the NFL finding ways to lose like this. Yeah. It's got to be frustrating right now being a Falcons fan. You, you saw some hope at the end of last year, and they literally find a way to lose every time. 24th quarter points by the Chicago Bears. Bears, by the way, improving to 3-0 on the season, beating the 0-3 Falcons now, 30-26. to Yeah, I mean, they had a double-digit fourth quarter lead and lost again. Um, they've scored 90 points this year and are 0-3. You know, like, that's not easy to do. And the defense is bad. They... I know they put up some rushing numbers, but they're not a ball control team to put teams away. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I think, and what's maybe crazier than Atlanta scoring 90 points and losing yet another double, double digit win is I forgot who I heard say it today, but the Bears bench their quarterback and advance to three and oh, like you don't say those things very often. <laughs> yeah, Nick Foles, too. <laughs> this is what I wonder about. It seems to me that the Bears really forced it. They're like, okay, we're going to bring in Foles, but we want, it was like predetermined, Trubisky's still going to win the job in training camp because when you see the difference, 
Foles, it's just so natural. And, you know, he's not perfect or anything. And maybe Foles kind of thrives in this sort of a situation. We've seen it before with him. But he comes in, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, look, that guy's open. Let's just throw the ball to him, right? It's, it's, it's really <laughs> somewhat simple when you see a veteran like Foles jump in there and Trubisky struggling so much, throwing three touchdown passes and bringing the Bears all the way back. And maybe if teams have the opportunity to scout and, and, and prepare for Foles all season long and, you know, all week long, maybe it's a different story. But, I mean, it, it's just night and day seeing an offense run with a, with a solid NFL veteran quarterback. Yeah, I think one part of the decision was Trubisky's much better against man coverage or more defined reads. He gets you know less confused. In those first two weeks, he saw a lot of man coverage. The Lions play a ton of man, where Atlanta's a heavy, heavy zone team. So maybe it was you know predetermined to some degree that this is maybe where the buck stops and we'll, we'll make that switch here. Um, but you're right, and, and Allen Robinson's a stud. I mean, he it, it was great oh, to yeah. see him blow up too. Some games to get to here, Matt. NFC East. There's so many teams with some issues right now. The coaching watch, hot and heavy, I think, already at week three. More coming up on Peacock and Williamson. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering... Our listeners, 25% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDONNFL at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com. Use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $25 off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. Let's keep it going with the Titans, who narrowly defeated the Minnesota Vikings 31-30. This was my first loss in our six packs all season long, Matt, uh, I did have the Titans, but minus two and a half, and they they only won by one point. So uh, com- with the Rams and Titans games combined, we had a couple of L's there with our picks, but with a total of two points. Um, the Titans, though, holding on and, and beating the Vikings, the Vikings looked better, especially with you know being able to throw up 30 points on the Tennessee Titans. So maybe a little bit of hope there in Minnesota, but still, uh, it's rough for the Vikings when you are in a division with the Packers who are running away from you and you are currently right now sitting at 0-3, Titans now 3-0 in the AFC South. Yeah, you're three games behind the Bears, let alone the Packers, too. If you're the Vikes. <laughs> right. I mean, it's yeah. troubling. It's funny. I'm not even considering and, the Bears running away with it with the Packers, right. but they're also 3-0. You're right. But it, it, they seemed like the definition of that 0-2 desperate team that came into the, the season with expectations, you know, a, a winning organization of late, played – obviously their best game of the season got Dalvin cook going, Justin Jefferson going and just couldn't squeak it out. I mean, that seemed like a very even game to me. Um, the tight Tannehill's playing really well. They just keep feeding Henry and feeding Henry and he's not jumping off, you know, breaking off long runs, but he's getting 25 to 30 carries a game and 
averaging four yards a rush and getting over 100 yards and wearing you down in the end. But um, a very even contest to me. But these teams are 3-0 and and 0-3. I would probably put Tannehill in that category of quarterbacks where people are like, yeah, let's wait and see one more season in that golf. Josh, uh, Josh Allen mm-hmm. category where it's like, okay, let's see. And he's proven it. He's like, yeah, I'm the dude. Let's go. Yeah, they gave me money. They should have. It's the right decision. Steven Goskowski got back on track. He made, what, six kicks? So much different than week <laughs> one for this team. Uh, I, I don't know if the Titans are real. I'm pretty excited to see Titans-Steelers next week and find out more about both those teams. Uh, scary, though, even though the Vikings were in this one and they put up 30 points on offense against a pretty good Titans defense, um, that – that Vikings defense is really going to be the thing that holds them back, even when they're Bad. scoring on the offensive side of the ball. By the way, rookie Justin Jefferson showing up yep. big in this game. He had a long 71-yard touchdown, seven catches for 175 yards. So there were some encouraging things for the first time in Minnesota, but it's probably going to be too little too late when it's all said and done. Dalvin Cook obviously getting on track to yeah. 181 yards on the ground and a touchdown, being the workhorse for the Vikings. Okay, let's keep it going here. What else we got? Cardinals. This was a loss in our picks. The Cardinals were favored by five and a half. They lost to the Detroit Lions. The Lions coming out beating the cards. We saw bad Kyler Murray for the first time this season. He made some big plays too, but uh, overall not a great showing for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. They lost to the Lions 26-23. Yeah, and we expect this to be a high-scoring game. It didn't quite get to that level, um, but that was pretty much the story for me was Kyler made some mistakes, and hey, he's not out of the woods. He's not a, a finished product yet. He was a baseball player not long ago. I mean, these things take time. He's going to have some downtime. Um, the Lions' D can trick you at times. Patricia is still a good defensive mind, even though they don't rush the passer particularly well or well at all. And I thought getting Kenny Galladay back helped the Lions quite a bit, too, that maybe they're going to approach that 6-7 win total and not be a picking in the top five type of team. Yeah, Galladay definitely helped have the touchdown catch there. Murray did have two touchdown passes and a, and a rushing touchdown, which it's it's strange because we've seen athletic quarterbacks in the NFL. That's not that new of a, a thing. But Kyler Murray is built so differently and so low to the ground in those short legs. His quicks and the way he can shake people in the open field is so much different than most of the running quarterbacks we see. Even when we see athletic quarterbacks, they're usually still big, tall guys, and they can't uh, m- maneuver quite that efficiently in short areas like Murray does. Like he, he runs so much different. I think it's really frustrating for uh, for you know linebackers and, and defensive backs, and they think they're bearing down on a quarterback. They're like this is a quarterback, I'm gonna tackle him because I'm more athletic. And then whoop whoop, and Murray's gone. It's pretty crazy. And his touchdown run was spectacular, even though it was a short run. Yeah, that's a good point. And Lamar and Vic are the two best running quarterbacks I've ever seen. And they're sort of similar with the way they're built. They're they're longer limbed. They're, you know, Murray is short. And he's like Sonic the Hedgehog out there. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. That right. very Sonic the Hedgehog like. The three picks. <laughs> but though, he hits is, that acceleration button. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh the three picks though. That's what Kyler Murray has to yeah. tighten up here. So that's where um the Cardinals lost that one. Patriots, Patriots. This was a big W for your picks, Matt. The Patriots, they were favored by five and a half here and were able to blow out the Raiders by 16, 36-20. You saw a Raiders team that won big over the Saints last week, a big victory. You saw them coming back to earth a little bit when they faced the Patriots, and you were absolutely right on that one. Yeah, I mean, this just screams Belichick to me. Like, I'm sure he watched the Raiders all week and thought, we can run on these guys. We don't have great weapons, and 
they ended up with 250 rushing yards while winning the time of possession battle by like 10 minutes. I mean, it's just typical knowing your opponent and making them do things they don't like to do. And then on the other side of the ball, we're not letting that Darren Waller fellow that just tortured people in the first two weeks do anything. And if anyone else can beat us on that side of the ball, fine, but we are taking him away and go from there. And uh, you saw the results. Uh, so Belichick is Belichick. <laughs> Belichick's so good at that. Darren Waller, yeah. two catches for nine yards. They did a number on him and uh, really took things away from Derek Carr, who made some good throws in that game. Uh, I, yeah. like, I like the way Derek Carr is playing right now. And Cam Newton, Newton didn't have to do much. He only had 162 yards through the air. They leaned heavily on Sony Michelle, had a 48-yarder. I mean, he was averaging 13 yards per carry on his nine carries, and it wasn't because he had a 90-yard run either, 117 yards on the ground for Sony Michelle. Maybe he got right. What do you think about Sony Michelle, real quick? Do uh, you know what I think of Sony Michelle is when I drafted Damian Harris and he's been sitting on my one IR spot, I wish he could have come back this week instead of last week because I think he'll go right past Sony Michelle and just missed a choice, choice matchup that start your running backs against the Raiders in fantasy. Speaks about the Raiders D more than Michelle. Did. Yeah. Okay. To me. I follow. I follow. Let's see. What other games were we picking here? Oh, uh, yeah. Our last pick. So we were three for three on the week here. A big win on the Sunday night are the Packers. They were getting points. I mean, this one was a big one. Yeah. This one was obvious. I loved this pick for us here. And uh, the Packers did win 37 30. Aaron Rodgers is playing at a super high level. Drew Brees is not playing at his highest level right now. And I know it's not only about the quarterbacks here, but you know, in a, in a primetime matchup like this, and you've seen these two quarterbacks back-to-back, and Brees had a really good line. He threw three touchdown passes and 288 yards, but you came out of this thinking, okay. And their, pa- their passing rating was almost identical, but the way the offense has worked, you're like, oh, my gosh, okay, Rodgers can carry this team, and this team's going to go somewhere. And Breeze is like, oh, my gosh, can he keep it up? Is he going to throw well enough late in the season? Um, and, I mean, Alvin Kamara is so fun to watch still, and there's so much talent, so New Orleans definitely isn't going anywhere. But can they get over the top? I had that question about Drew Breeze right now in his career, but I'm just – Rodgers is playing closer to that Hall of Fame guy we saw earlier in his career, especially than he did last year. I don't know if it's second year in system. I don't know if they drafted a first-round quarterback and lit a fire underneath them or what, but I love the way Aaron Rodgers is playing right now. Yeah, yeah I agree with everything you said there. Um, you know, both these teams without Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams, I mean, as clear a number one receiver as there are in the 32 teams as those two guys, both of them are out. I did think this was Breeze's best performance yet of the season, but it paled in comparison to Rodgers. You know, like one was a locomotive pulling the train and the other one was, you know, one of the cars on the, on the train, you know what I mean? Like that whole truck tractor conversation um, that's, Rodgers looks like an MVP. Breeze looks like looked like last night a quality quarterback that yeah. needs help. And he was lucky. I mean, with the exception of maybe Rodgers, Breeze had the best player on the field in Alvin Kamara. I mean, he was an unstoppable force of nature that with the injuries around the league might be the best running back in the world right this minute. Um, but it's not enough. You know, I mean, you take the quarterback over the running back and the Packers are a good team. Shocked me they were getting points. And say what you want about the the metrics and a lot of things I talked about in the offseason. Matt LaFleur's record as a Green Bay head coach is rather remarkable. I think it's, what, 16-3 and three or something Yeah, like he's only lost three games right, in two right. seasons so far. Here's a couple of takeaways. Well, first of all, you mentioned Alvin Kamara. We talked a little bit about wow. Kamara last week, and he's so fun to watch. He's so smooth and so under control and balanced. balanced. It's amazing. 
But that Packers defense, one of the worst tackling jobs I've seen in a while, especially on that one long uh, reception he had. <laughs> yeah. like, what is going on there? I mean, that was that was silly. Um, and on the other side, it pays to be Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver, Alan Lazard, six catches for 146, letting his receivers make some plays. And Alan Lazard was up to the task. That, that was that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, he looked good. See. Yeah. He did. Okay, when we come back, we'll finish up our review of all the games from Sunday and take a quick peek, make our picks for Monday Night Football on Peacock and Williamson. Did you know there are new flavors of Built Bar? If you've had Built Bars in the past, you know how good they are, and they've got some fantastic new flavors that you should be excited to try. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. Uh, They've got their 12 original flavors as well. You've heard me talk about the peanut butter flavor that I love. Double chocolate's good. Uh, Mint brownie's also one of my favorites. 18 fantastic flavors to choose from. You can get a box of just one flavor and get multiple boxes. You can build your own box of Built Bars as well. They're covered in 100% delicious chocolate. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Soft and easy to chew. Great if you're health conscious, trying to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, High fiber bar that is also great for a keto diet. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. That's builtbar, B U I L T B A R. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Matt, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't one of our six pack picks, but you liked Washington a lot against the Browns. Am I wrong on that? I liked them plus seven to at least keep it close. I thought they would slow down the ground game way more than they did. Chase Young went out early in this game, which obviously is going to be a problem. Brown's D-line beat up on a Brandon Schreffless, you know, Washington almost called him the Redskins offensive front. Haskins has to worry you too. I mean, he he's throwing picks, and every time he threw a pick, the Browns would take it down and shove it down their throat. I mean, too many gifts from Washington that they gave the Browns. And uh, Washington's a pretty bad football team right now. And it's, it's no really, Chase Young didn't help. Yeah, and they have to lean heavily on the strength of their team, which right now is that defensive line. You lose your top draft pick. That's tough. And they don't have the firepower to fight back in games. No. And they don't have an identity of like, okay, we can lean on this. Are you, You're you not going to lean on Antonio Gibson as your workhorse and you know beat a team. You, you can't lean on Dwayne Haskins right now to bring your back or be like, okay, let's just march down the field and um, surgically beat a football team. So a long ways to go for Washington right now, which makes it so difficult, even if you're getting a lot of points, to, to be confident in, in a bad football team. And they still are a bad football team, even though they had that nice week Barry. one win. By the way, only one of two total wins in the NFC East so far this season. Washington has one of those. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Uh, pretty bad. Yeah. We'll By get to Dallas and Philly. I mean, absolutely. Wow. Yeah, I mean, we'll the Giants to- are terrible. Washington is terrible. Yeah, we'll get to that game next. Uh, 34-20, by the way, was the final score. Uh, looking at the Cleveland side, Nick Chubb doing Nick Chubb type of things. 5.7 yards on the ground, a pair of touchdowns on his 108 yards rushing. Um, nothing really jumped out otherwise to me about either one of these games. It was just a, a better team beating the worst team. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean to be hard on the Browns because – I think they have to play a certain way in these last two weeks. They've been able to play that certain way. Like Baker Mayfield did nothing in this game and didn't ask to, and that's fine. I'm not saying he's not good or anything like that. It's just, uh, they don't need anything from Mayfield and they just start rolling and that's the Stefanski way, but we'll see when they get to play somebody that can punch him back. 
That is a great point. That is absolutely a good way to look at what the Browns are doing right now. Uh, let's keep in the NFC East with the Cowboys who fell in Seattle to the Seahawks 38-31. And it shouldn't have been that close because DK Metcalf, just yeah. one of the most boneheaded moves we've seen in a while, Leon Lett style, kind of slowed down. And I don't know what was going on. Did he think Trayvon Diggs, the defensive back, fell down? But they should have had another touchdown on the board uh, fumbling at the one yard line, giving the ball back to the Cowboys on a touchback, which is a weird rule. I don't think we need to get into that. But anyway, uh, the Seahawks, I think they pretty easily beat the Cowboys, even though this looks like it was a one score game and pretty tight late. Yeah, I, I know people are down on Dallas, but I don't think they should hold their their head in shame after this loss. So they were the inferior team, but they came back heavy and Dak made a lot of plays and they have weapons. That defense definitely needs some work. And uh, pulling Mike Nolan out of cobwebs might not work out well for Dallas. I mean, we talked about the over in this game. Uh, I think Dallas is going to play in a lot of similar scored type games. But I think we're kind of burying the lead, though, too. I mean, this is the second game in a row that Russell Wilson's thrown five touchdowns, and he has 14 over three games. Which should have been six touchdowns? What's that? Should have been six touchdowns. It should have been six if yeah. DK was, you know, get his head out of his butt. Right. <laughs> you know what? Amazing. I think. But Wilson's running away with the MVP as we speak. Right oh, now. it's crazy. And that's insane to say when the guy on the other side, Dak Prescott, had 472 yards. Dak Prescott still leads right. the league in, in a passing yardage right now. Aaron Rodgers going crazy right now through three games. He is 71 of 106, 887 yards, and nine touchdowns, zero interceptions, 121.1 passer rating. And we're saying that it's a landslide for Russell Wilson, for Wilson to be the right. MVP right now. So that's right. that's kind of that's tells you what kind of level Russell Wilson's playing right now. I mean Josh Allen's playing at, at a yes. level where yeah. you have to bring him up and the guys playing tonight aren't too bad. Yeah, there's a couple of really good ones <laughs> yeah. coming up tonight in Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes so that will be fun. Um yeah, but so the NFC East, the only other win in the division we talked about Washington week one, Dallas, and that took a, a collapse from the Falcons to doubt for Dallas to have that second win in the division right now. Two nine and one is the NFC East right now. Not looking good Ooh, over there. Bad. Let's stick with that division and talk about a game that is, I mean, Philadelphia sports talk radio phone lines. I bet there was people uh, on hold from 10 p.m. last night, right, to, to want to talk about Doug Peterson's decision in overtime here. The Bengals... And Eagles tied 23-23 after a long overtime period. Both teams now 0-2-1. What did you think about that overtime and how it ended for the Eagles, who had the ball, didn't even get a chance to kick a long field goal? Yeah, miserable. I mean, it's just kind of a small microcosm of how this season has gone for this team. I mean, for example, they, they did went really out of their way to find speed and deep threats at receiver. And now they're back to having none and trying to get Alshon Jeffrey ready. And he's not even that. And then they lose Dallas Goddard and had a two tight end set that they could count on. And now he, you know, he missed the pretty much the entirety of the game. Jason Peters gets hurt late in this game as if they can afford that. And Wentz is trying to do too much and his mechanics are falling apart. I mean, everywhere you look, another hole is is, is in the, the dam and you just don't have enough fingers to plug them all. And I assume you agree with me on this one, but this tie might as well have been a win for Cincy and a loss for the Eagles. 
Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no right. doubt. Yeah. And the way it happened, I think for, for the Bengals, they probably feel good about it. Like, look, this is a team that I think maybe you expected more from this year, but they probably feel good. Look, we got out with a tie. That was fine. We had an opportunity yeah, that we could have lost well. late. But for Eagles, for sure, this feels like a loss. And for Eagles fans, probably more frustrating than if they would have actually lost the game. Like, let's say they kicked a field goal, and even it came up short, and the Bengals caught the field goal, ran it back, and scored a touchdown and won the game, right? I, I think Eagles fans feel worse about this, the way it ended, than even if they just outright lost the game. I don't disagree. I mean, this stings bad after the first two weeks. And, and I mean, I don't think Peterson's seat is hot, but this team is playing like a team on a hot seat. You know it's, what I mean? Yeah, it's wild because, you know, he's got a ring and you wouldn't think that it would be even in the realm of possibility to talk about that. But with the way that Carson Wentz is regressing, the way the team is playing, when you see that disaster of uh, a team like the losing or tying a team like the Bengals, it's it altogether. You're thinking there has to be something going on with coaching. That is this result with, with everything when you add it all up. And that definitely is worrisome for the Eagles right now. And this is probably a conversation, a bigger one for a whole section later in the week, but they now have a losing record, and this tie didn't change that, obviously, since they won the Super Bowl. They are, you know, everyone's talking about the cap next year. They are by far, by far, in the worst cap situation of every team next year. I mean, they, and I'm not sure that Frank Reich leaving after the Super Bowl it didn't hurt more than people realize, too. So they may mm, not be yeah. as stable or as strong as I thought, for one, or most thought. And Frank Reich, by the way, let's get into that game, has the Colts going in the right direction, 2-1 and one now, beating oh. a bad Jets team and beating them soundly, which is what you want to see when a good team faces a bad team. 36-7 to seven Colts over the 0-3 Jets. Speaking of coaches that are going to be fired at some point. Right. I mean, this was like varsity versus JV. I don't know how much praise to give the Colts, but you know the football outsiders and the analytics folks will tell you when a good team plays a bad team, it's a real indication that they are a very good team when they smash them, you know, like your Niners did to the other New York team. Like, don't just kind of beat the bad teams. You smash them. And, I mean, Jacoby Brissett pretty much played the whole fourth quarter. He probably could have taken a knee every snap, and this wouldn't have been competitive. <laughs> I feel so bad for Sam Darnold. I don't know what his development would have looked like in a better situation, but you'll, he'll make some throws. You're like, okay, Sam Darnold, I'm still on board. And then he throws three picks, and he's falling apart, and his body language is bad. He was talking about seeing ghosts last year. Uh, just, a, just a terrible situation all the way through and through yeah. with the, the New York Jets right now. But we, at least we get Jets-Broncos Thursday night. That should be fun. Oh, that'll be a great one. We get <laughs> what, uh, Brett Rippon. And, and, right, right. Yeah. and it's shallow and normal. I was a big fan of Brett Rippon. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Texans, <laughs> Steelers, we got to move quickly, by the way. We got a lot of yeah, guys yeah. to uh, Texans beat the Steelers 28 21. No, they didn't. I'm sorry, the Steelers. I, I just read them backwards. I read them upside down. The Steelers <laughs> definitely beat the Texans. The Texans 0 3, the Steelers 3 0, 28 21 Steelers over the Texans. Watson was under a ton of duress, as you'd imagine but really made some plays. This was a highly competitive game until the end, but the Steelers put the clamps on them. I mean, I think the biggest thing, to, my biggest takeaways are the Steelers didn't allow a point in the second half, you know, after it being a, basically an even game up until that point. And the, the discrepancy Houston to date of rushing yards allowed and rushing yards created, I don't have it in front of me, but it is sickening. I mean, in this game, 
the Steelers rush for 140 more yards than the Texans. That's how it's been every week for Houston. You can't win like that. Are you surprised that former Houston Texan DeAndre Hopkins is having a better season than running back David Johnson is in Houston? 1.8 <laughs> yards per no. carry in this one. Not shocked by that. And they used him a little, but I would think you'd use David Johnson as a receiver a ton. And they didn't do much of that either. Like this offense is, is searching. And what's crazy is the, the Watt bowl where all three Watts played was probably TJ's worst game. It was probably JJ's worst game. And Derek got hurt and left in the first quarter. Time of possession is just silly. 36 minutes to 23. Not quite as bad as I think the Colts and the 49ers was 40 to 20. Uh, over the Giants too so yeah you want to hold the ball and those those games are pretty obvious when one team is just playing keep away from the other and there's nothing the other team can do about it and that's what we saw with uh, the Steelers and Texans as well yeah the Steelers ran 80 plays and Houston ran 47 can't happen if you're Houston (laughs) the Chargers fall to the Panthers Panthers getting on the board with their first win 21-16 Carolina both teams now at one and two but I still take away from this Justin Herbert throwing for uh, consecutive 300 yard outings in his first two starts and I'm starting to think and I don't want to you know gloss over everything else in this game but I'm starting to think because I used to be you know I grew up watching Bill Walsh West Coast offense and I'm like yeah give me the noodle arm quarterback who's smart and efficient and can take your team down the field not gonna make a bunch of mistakes a little bit athletic get out of the pocket a little bit we're seeing too many really big armed quarterbacks in the league developing quickly and and playing really good football and I was down on Herbert compared to where he was drafted but when you see that arm and you see how much field defenses have to throw is it that teams are developing quarterbacks better is it they're coming out of college better developed am i just way off and it's like you got to have a big strong athletic quarterback these days to to hit that upper echelon of playing the nfl well i think one thing's absolutely clear now versus yesteryear is there's less hubris from the nfl saying saying we can't learn anything from the college systems i think this i think the nfl is stealing from college way more than ever in probably the history of the league so When they come to the league, it's not like, boy, I'm learning a whole new game. I mean, I I think that there's a lot more principles in the in the the NFL game than there were before that were college based. And you're right about Herbert. They lost this game and they the, the Chargers turned the ball over three times in the first half. And that was more than they could overcome. But overall, I thought he looked like he, you know, belonged. And Carolina is fine. I mean, they 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 took what was given to him, some gifts won a game that they should probably considering the, all those things, but it was not a bad deal with them. That was all kicker reliant though for Carolina. You'd like to see them finish a, a drive here and there. Those were, I mean, those were the killer there for Los Angeles, three lost fumbles, one yeah. from Herbert, one from Keenan Allen, one from Joshua Kelly. Uh, the Keenan Allen lost fumble though, was that last hook and ladder play, right? Did you see that? That was, that, that would have been it was going to work. Oh, it, they had it. That was, Oh, that was crushing. Yeah. It was going to work. Yeah. Remind me of, Kellen Winslow and the uh, Miami Heat, yes. whenever they remember way back in like 82 or whatever, the hook and ladder. Broncos. We talked about Brett Rippon getting some they action stink. for Denver. I mean, they're in a rough situation, injury-wise, and they don't have the, the depth to overcome it, and that's a bad situation right now. feel bad for the Broncos fans because I think they expected a little bit more this year. Maybe get Drew Locke back and, and have some hope for, for building this thing for the future, uh, but the Broncos fall to the Buccaneers, twenty-eight to ten. This one was really never close. Yeah, it really wasn't. And my my take on this is Brady and company are still figuring things out, but at a higher level than 
a lot of teams are quote figuring things right. out. The New York <laughs> yeah, teams, they're, for example. they're able to figure yeah. some serious like they're they're at master's doctorate level stuff where other teams right. are figuring it out and they're working just on their, their bachelor's thesis. degree. They're right. not trying to put A and B, not, not trying to spell cat. So that, that, that was my take on it was, and in the meantime, the Bucks D is humming and is really good, but this is a typical Brady go on the road business trip, wear your suit, take care of business, get the sale, Go fly home in a plane with some champagne. Just pure, <laughs> strictly business. Well put. Well put. I don't know what's going on with Tampa's backfield, but I don't know if it's going to matter that much. Yeah. I mean, that's down the line of things yes. to worry about. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is interesting. Monday Night Football, Matt. It's the Chiefs at the Ravens. We don't have a lot of time to spend here, but we got to get our initial thoughts here and uh, our picks for Monday Night Football. The two best teams in the NFL. Both coming in at 2-0. and It's in Baltimore. I don't even know how much bump you give a team for being at home this year either. So uh, I don't even know what to think about this one. Although uh, the betters do have Baltimore favored by 3.5, which makes me think, you know what? I'll take those points in the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. You're going to give me 3.5 in Mahomes and Reed. I mean, that's yeah. I'm not sure who it matters who that they're playing, that they're getting that kind of spread. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens to win, though. I mean, I think that... These are the best two teams in the league. I think this will be huge for which team gets that one buy spot in the AFC and therefore has already has Super Bowl ramifications in week three. I, I think all those things are true, even this early in the year. Yeah. It's not even October yet. But I think Baltimore is just playing better than Kansas City right now. But, and a lot of it I attribute to the offseason. Like Baltimore got better over the offseason. Calais Campbell, a lot of high draft picks, you know, Dobbins, you know, things like that. And where I thought Kansas City got weaker in the offseason, as often happens to Super Bowl champs, you know, uh, the guard opts out, the linebacker position doesn't really get fixed. You know, that I don't know that their squad is as strong as when they won the Super Bowl. And obviously having Mahomes and whatnot helps. They'll be fine. I'm not worried about either one of these teams. I just think Baltimore's playing better right now. And I don't know that Kansas City will stop their run game. I'm with you. Baltimore if you just look at the first two weeks of the season are playing the best football, they have a common opponent already in the Texans, which uh, both teams won, obviously, but mm-hmm. I think Baltimore dominated more than Kansas City did. Uh, right now, the Ravens are only giving up about 11 points per game. Uh, the Chiefs narrowly got out of, with a quarterback making his first NFL start in Justin Herbert, barely got out of Los Angeles with the win over the Chargers, the 23-20 game. So, uh Baltimore's definitely playing at a higher level right now, so I see why they favored. But, um, I mean, Kansas City's too good, and they're going to be a great team. So uh, that's yeah, how right. much can they score on Baltimore's improved defense That because uh, that scoring average, 11 points per game given up by Baltimore's D, is going up. Two really highly – two of my favorite, obvious, rookie running backs coming out. I just want to throw this note out there because I want to put it on tape just to make see if it happens. Okay. Here's my, my, my tinfoil hat theory on Dobbins, that – we haven't had to unleash this guy that we know is our best running back yet, but I think tonight it becomes his show. And when we have a little conversation on Tuesday, we say, oh, Dobbins is our best running back. Dobbins is better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, in my opinion. I, I think Dobbins might have been I like the best. them both. I like them better coming out. Yeah. I think you did too, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And I yeah. think he really fits what they do in Baltimore. I mean, that was a nice, nice pick by them, even though, you know, especially when you consider versus the other running backs, they went before him, you know, they just yeah. to sit back and maybe still get the best running back, most complete running back. Um, and I like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, don't get me wrong, but I love the fit with Dobbins and I agree. I don't know if it's this week at some point, it's, it's the, it's going to be the Dobbins show. 
yeah, I just think that the, maybe they haven't needed him yet. So why throw the rookie out there and get more wear and tear or, you know, show the world what he actually is yet. We've been beating people with, you know, guts of the bus and Ingram. <laughs> it's just my little prediction for tonight. A is, lot of tricks. I think tomorrow we'll say Dobbins is the guy. This will be fun because there could be a lot of tricks up the sleeves of, of these two teams that need to pull something out against a, mm-hmm. a team. Or maybe they want to keep it close to the vest because they know they'll have to play again in more important games and not show them everything and put everything on tape. So there's that True. too. I don't know how deep you want to look into a, a week three matchup, but this is a big one. Part of me thinks this also could be like Rams Chiefs Monday night from what, two years ago that was like, 90 to 80 or whatever it ended up being. <laughs> I could absolutely see that too. Yeah. 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 It should be fun. No matter what. The ball and, they're, and they're going to want to outdo each other, right? They want prime time, Monday night football, the two best young quarterbacks in the league. They're, they're going to want to put on a show, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've you got to think Mahomes and Lamar. I know one has a ring and one doesn't want a playoff game, but they look at each other as Manning and Brady for the next 15 years in the AFC. Absolutely. All right. It's going to be a fun one. Monday Night Football. We'll have it all broken down tomorrow and our two minute warning, which is when Matt and I spend two minutes on your questions covering each division in the NFL. Hit me on Twitter at BD Peacock with those questions. Matt is at Williamson NFL and we'll talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.